RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines, three people are killed and six injured when a crane collapses at a construction site. A man who killed his terminally ill wife to end her suffering is given probation and five people are jailed for up to four years for rioting in 2019. Three people have been killed and six were injured when a crane collapsed at a construction site in Ping. The crane crashed down onto containers being used as offices at the Housing Society development site at Anderson Road. An investigation is underway into what caused the accident. Chief Executive John Lee expressed concern about the tragedy and extended his condolences to the victims and their families. Secretary for Labour and Welfare Chris Sun says safety checks will be conducted on all construction cranes in Hong Kong. He also announced suspending the use of cranes at the Salma Ping site. We are going to issue a suspension order to stop the work of the three tower cranes in this construction site. The order will be enforced until a proof is given to the Labour Department that they are safe to operate once again. So there is no time limit to the suspension order. The chief executive of the Association for the Rights of Industrial Accident Victims, Xu Sin Man, called for more government transparency when it comes to labour accident reports. The government does not attach great importance to every single industrial accident. It is only concerned about certain ones. It also does not make its investigative reports public. Therefore, we do not know exactly how the accidents have occurred. So how can industry take note of what has happened and how can society monitor such accidents? In future, we would like the government to make its investigative reports public so that they can be referenced by industry and monitored by society. This will reduce similar accidents. A retired electrician has been put on probation for a year after admitting to killing his terminally ill wife to end her suffering. The High Court said the case called for compassion and the sentence was in the public interest. Maggie Ho has the details. 59-year-old Kuo Gua Yin had originally been charged with murdering his wife, Chen Sao Wan, who was 54 at the time of her death and had late-stage lung cancer. But the prosecution later amended the charge to manslaughter on the grounds of Kwok's diminished responsibility due to serious depression. His wife had been suffering in pain for years after being diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer in 2018. The court heard that with his wife's consent, Kwok had put a pot of burning charcoal in her bedroom at their Atlay Chow home after she fell asleep on the night of January the 30th, 2020. In sentencing, Justice Albert Wong described the case as a tragedy, noting that the defendant had wanted to let his wife pass away peacefully. The judge said the case called for compassion. He explained that he decided to impose a probation order on Kwok rather than a prison term after taking into account the public interest and the special circumstances involved in his crime. Now to COVID-19, Hong Kong has reported 10,194 new infections, of which 164 were imported. The hospital authority says 2,870 patients are being treated at public hospitals, 15 of them in intensive care, and 16 more patients with COVID have died. Five people have each been jailed for 37 to 48 months for rioting in Chimsa Choi in November 2019 amid clashes at nearby Polytechnic University. Violet Wong with details. The five defendants either pleaded guilty to or were convicted of rioting at the district court. 
Handing down the sentences, Judge Anthony Kwok noted they were trying to divert police attention to try to assist protesters at Polytechnic University, saying it was an aggravating factor. Mr. Kwok said protesters were charging police cordon lines and transporting petrol bombs and other weapons. He added that there could have been serious consequences had the petrol bombs been ignited. In mitigation, lawyers of the defendants said they had good conduct. The judge said he would not allow public order to be disrupted, adding while it was a tragedy to put defendants with good backgrounds in jail, it's also necessary to give a stern warning to those who break the law. To the weather forecast, mainly cloudy with a few showers. Bright periods tomorrow afternoon with top temperature of about 31 degrees and moderate to fresh easterly winds, occasionally strong offshore at first. The outlook mainly fine during the day on Friday with cloudy periods in the morning and again at night time. Sunny intervals and a few showers for the mid-autumn festival on Sunday and the following few days. Currently 29 degrees Celsius, humidity at 80%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The District Court has found five speech therapists guilty of conspiring to publish seditious children's books. The court ruled that the three picture books concerned, said to have described Hong Kong as the sheep village and the mainland as where the wolves live, spread separatism and incited hatred against the authorities. Mitigation and sentencing are set for Saturday. An infectious diseases specialist says the chance of a major monkeypox monkey outbreak here is small. Wilson Lam was commenting on Hong Kong's first case of the infectious disease, a 30-year-old man who arrived here on Monday after travelling to Canada, the United States and the Philippines. He's in stable condition in hospital. Dr Lam told RTHK that monkeypox is not very infectious and is now on the wane around the world. If the outbreak in other parts of the world are rising and then at the same time we are loosening up the restriction for travel in our Hong Kong, then theoretically there could be a risk of observing an increasing number of cases in the coming weeks. But then we understand that the global cases of monkeypox are actually decreasing. It's already actually peaked in August. We don't expect Hong Kong to loosen the travel restrictions in a very fast manner. So the chance of monkeypox having a really large outbreak would be quite small, actually. A member of the Commission on Children, Priscilla Loy, says the proposal on imposing a mandatory reporting requirement for suspected child abuse should not only cover serious cases. The government has suggested categorising child abuse cases into three levels, based on their seriousness, with professionals required to make a report only when serious harm has been inflicted on a child or when a child is in imminent danger of suffering serious injury. But in less serious cases, they're simply encouraged to report or refer the case elsewhere. Mrs Loy says authorities must do more to protect children. Child abuse per se is an important definition of the kind of care and treatment of our children. It reflects certain degree of seriousness. And if we only say that we are mandatory reporting the very serious ones, I think it's contradicting with the basic principle of prevention better than cure, that kind of connotation. Turning to overseas news, U.S. President Joe Biden says he's sure he'll meet President Xi Jinping if they both attend November's G20 meeting in Indonesia. Mr. Biden's team has long sought face-to-face talks with Mr. Xi, as Wendy Wong reports. Well, it's good for all to be together. We're... uh... Meeting today Before a cabinet meeting, Joe Biden told reporters that if Xi Jinping is at the G20 summit in Bali, he's sure he will see him. 
The two leaders had discussed a possible meeting during a more than two-hour call in late July, days before a visit to Taiwan by U.S. House of Representatives Speaker Nancy Pelosi. President Biden's team has long sought, but has yet to confirm, an in-person meeting with a Chinese leader to try to lower tensions over Taiwan, trade and a host of other issues. But opportunities for such talks have been squeezed by the COVID pandemic and Mr Xi's cutting of all international travel. During the last phone exchange, a U.S. official said the two leaders had decided to find a mutually agreeable time to get together face-to-face. The White House has yet to confirm details of Mr. Biden's travel plans for November's G20 talks. The death toll from Monday's earthquake in Sichuan has risen to 74. The Xinhua News Agency said 26 others remain missing. But there's been progress in relief efforts, with roads in and out of the quake's epicenter reopening and traffic resuming. Vanessa Chang reports. The strongest earthquake to hit the southwest province since 2017 destroyed buildings and severely damaged Sichuan's power and water infrastructure, as well as telecommunications. Rescuers have rushed to bring emergency relief to cut off communities and restore essential services. They've also evacuated over 11,000 people from Luding County, the epicenter of the 6.8 magnitude tremor. In a village in the county where raging river torrents destroyed a bridge, broadcaster CCTV said firefighters waded through the rapidly flowing water to build a temporary bridge to bring its inhabitants to safety. The all-out rescue effort is continuing, with emergency workers ferrying more trapped people to safe areas and bringing in more emergency supplies to Luding after repairing damaged roads in the county. But further relief may be hampered by more aftershocks and heavy rain forecasts for the mountainous region until Friday. Sichuan borders the Tibetan Plateau, where tectonic plates meet and is regularly hit by earthquakes. A fire at a karaoke bar in southern Vietnam has killed at least 12 people and injured 40, 11 seriously. It engulfed two floors of a building in the crowded residential neighbourhood in Thuan An, just north of Ho Chi Minh City. Smoke filled a stairway, trapping many staff and patrons. Some got to the comparative safety of a balcony, although a number threw themselves off to escape. Despite Russian President Vladimir Putin's scorn for the idea, the European Union has revealed proposals for a price cap on Russian gas. It's one of several measures aiming to bring down the costs of energy. The European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said Mr Putin's government had to be cut off from fossil fuel export earnings. We aim at lowering the costs of gas and therefore we will propose a price cap on Russian gas Of course, the objective is here very clear. We all know that our sanctions are deeply grinding into the Russian economy, but Putin is partially buffering through fossil fuel revenues. So here the objective is we must cut Russia's revenues, which Putin uses to finance this atrocious war in Ukraine. Britain's new Prime Minister Liz Truss has ruled out a windfall tax on energy producers whose profits are soaring with the price of wholesale gas. Taking questions from MPs in the House of Commons for the first time, she faced the opposition Labour Party leader Keir Starmer, who questioned how she would tackle soaring household energy bills. I understand that people across our country 
are struggling with the cost of living and they're struggling with their energy bills. And that is why I, as Prime Minister, will take immediate action to help people with the cost of their energy bills. And I will be making an announcement to this House on that tomorrow and giving people certainty to make sure that they are able to get through this winter. A Turkish court has blocked access to an app that helps users identify the location of stray dogs. Critics claim it's led to mass killings of the animals. The BBC's Mike Thompson reports. Avrita, derived from the Turkish words for bark and map, was launched by activists in May to help people avoid attacks by strays, many of them on children. Its founders claim 16 people died in the first five months of this year in incidents caused by dog attacks. But animal rights groups say the app has resulted in a big increase in the number of dogs found dead. To sports, and we start with football, where Chelsea have sacked manager Thomas Tuchel just seven games into the season. It comes after poor finishing and complacent defending cost them dearly against Dinamo Zagreb in their opening Champions League match, which they lost 1-0. After the match, Tuchel blamed himself for the loss. I'm angry on myself and I'm angry on our performance. This is a huge underperformance from all of us. It's not precise enough, it's not clinical enough, it's not aggressive enough on the ball. It's not determined enough, it's uh, not enough individually, it's not enough as a team. Also in Group E, Salzburg and AC Milan ended one all. At the US Open tennis, Russia's Karen Kachanov has knocked out Nick Kyrgios of Australia in five tough sets to reach the last four. Kachanov fired down 30 aces, including the one that ended the match there for a 7-5-4-6-7-5-6-7-6-4 win and his first semi-final appearance at a major. He next faces the Norwegian fifth seed Kasper Ruud, who took care of Italian Matteo Berrettini in straight sets. Tunisia's Anjabur has made history by becoming the first African woman to reach the semi-finals of Flushing Meadows. She posted a 6-4, 7-6 win over Ayla Tomljanovic of Australia. Jabur, who's known as the Minister of Happiness for her usually sunny demeanour, joked about losing that nickname after banging her racket in frustration several times during her quarter-final match. Uh, I think I'm going to be fired from my job here, Minister of Happiness. But, um, you know, just um, it, it is tough to, to manage sometimes the frustration. You know, tennis is a tough sport. And uh, I apologise for my behaviour, really. I wanted to really just keep calm, and uh, but the racket kept slipping away from my hands. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Three people are killed and six injured when a crane collapses at a construction site. And a man who killed his terminally ill wife to end her suffering is given probation. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio Heavenly shades of night are falling. It's twilight time. Out of the mist your voice is calling, tis twilight time. When purple colored curtains mark the end of day, I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time. And here in Hong Kong, the dying embers of Wednesday with Thursday just minutes away. Many thanks for tuning in to our new feature called Twilight Time. 
featuring easygoing music for you to chill out and relax to, especially if you've just got back home after a hard day. So take it easy, enjoy the music, and the first one for you today, the fabulous Echoes. I want some red roses for a boom lady, Mr. Flores, take my order please, we had a silly quarrel. The other day Oh, these pretty flowers Chase the blues away Wrap up some red Roses for a blue lady Send them Bye. 